0: ESPN radio LeBron you've had a lot of answers in your basketball career for various problems are you finding any that you can think about It's like you can't catch a break. You know, when it rains, it pours for a year. Who would
1: have it, that the Lakers would not even make the playoffs.
0: Our goal was to win a championship. A lot of soul searching to take place during the offseason. We didn't get it done. Can't make no, no excuses about it. ESPN Radio.
1: This is ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin taking you up until 7 p.m. Eastern. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us at Courtney R. Cronin at Amber W790. You can also join the conversation on the Canty call line. 1-888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Tune into the ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review. ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcast. You heard the intro there with LeBron. He is shut down for the rest of the regular season, Courtney. Now, given... It's only a couple games remaining in the regular season, but it's significant because, of course, he was going after the scoring title. And it's also significant because the Lakers season is over before the postseason even begins. So for all things NBA, we turn to the guest line where we find Mark J. Spear's. NBA senior writer for ESPN and and Anscape. And Mark, let's start there with these Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron's not going to play here down the stretch. AD's not playing. I think Russ is out tonight as well. But where do the Lakers go from here as they head into this offseason?
0: I I started out easy for you. You know, know, I I don't think it's fair to, to fire the coach. I don't blame the coach. And I think a lot of people assume that, you know, they got to let Vogel go to be, you know, a scapegoat and such, I I guess may be possible, but I don't, I don't really see that as the answer. I mean, coach coaches who's available for him, right. it will be interesting to see if there is is change in the front office. Um, But I I guess the thing that only the people with the Lakers behind the scenes truly know is. You know, how much influence did Rob Pelinka have on the roster versus what LeBron James had on the roster? So who is truly to blame for the roster, right? Uh, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, um you know, come next season that Russell Westbrook is not on their roster. Um, there's a couple things I think they could do. He has one year left on his deal. So I, I think that Houston could be open-minded to bringing him back. Um, they, they know him really well. They have a good relationship with him with one year left, but that could mean a, a first round pick, right? That, that could mean uh, you, you, people got to realize that the Lakers fans, you got to give up something to get something. Um, so uh, I, but I do think he could be a more attractive, uh, trade piece for somebody because he has one year left. And, uh, that would mean that perhaps the Lakers could get hit back with a good player, but a good player with some money on their contract and some years on their contract. Because, you know, Russ does make a sizable amount. Um, but, yeah, to answer your question, the, the main change, uh, keep an eye on the coach, keep an eye on the front office, and definitely keep an eye on Russell.
2: Given the expectations for this team and how it was constructed during the off season. To where they're at right now, out of the postseason and just trying to get to the finish line, crashing and burning into it, is it safe to say that the 2021-22 Lakers are the most disappointing team in NBA history, the single-season sort of disappointment?
0: I, I think you're right. And, and the reason why is, like, okay, it, it's deeper than just missing the postseason. This is a team that was supposed to be a championship contender They didn't make the plan. (laughs) It's not that you didn't make the top eight. You didn't even make the top ten. Like, let that sit in. They didn't make the plan. That's bad. Well, well, and they have, you know.
2: Yeah, and they have uh, arguably the 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 best player in the
0: world. Yeah. And the top two of the top ten and three of the top 40. (laughs) Uh, but I mean obviously Anthony Davis uh, he missed a a lot of games and and that probably has to be spoken about more but to answer your question like I think about that Nash uh, team with with Dwight but they made the playoffs right Um, it certainly was disappointing when the Lakers for the Lakers to not win a championship when they had Carl Malone and Gary Payton but they did make the finals, despite everything uh, that was going on with with Kobe and the team at the time. So I, I'm trying to think back. I mean, yeah, there's been bad teams, but none that that had like this is. A, I've never heard and it. Forget the Lakers. This might be the most disappointing team in the history of the league. Like to have championship aspirations and not make the plan. That's that's. That's that's groundbreaking.
1: Yeah, I think I mean that Nash and, and Dwight team got knocked out after the first round. That was incredibly disappointing. But to your point, we were talking about a team not even making the postseason with the greatest player of his generation on no, not, this not team. Not even
0: making the play-in. I
1: know. It's, <laughs> like, It really is so like remarkable. Like
0: a half a game out of eight, right? Like they didn't make the play-in. <laughs>
1: So let's talk about another team who appears to be making the play-in, but I am curious your thoughts on the Brooklyn Nets. How far do they have to go for you to consider the Nets season a successful one, Mark?
0: Championship? Because that's, that's what I expected from them. Oh, not championship finals. I expected them to be a final team in the beginning. Um Obviously, it's a different team than constructed. Um, Durant being out certainly affected the team. Kyrie being out affected the team. And now they're in a position where they could be in an NCAA tournament type deal. Like, if they, this game tonight against Cleveland is very, very important. Because if they win the game, if they win the game, then, um, you know, they get home court. And, And I don't know that it matters. Whether Durant and you know Kyrie play, but this isn't to be in this position is terrible for them because it, 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 they could potentially play two games before the postseason starts. They could potentially get eliminated in the play-in. Like it's just it's just too much work for a team that's supposed to be this talented to get into the postseason. So it's it's certainly very, very disappointing to them. And, and my aspirations for them have changed because even once they get through this part, which I assume they will, and they'll be the eighth seed, I mean, the seventh seed, like their whole road is, is crazy tough. Like if they're seven or eight and then you got to play like what you're hoping for Miami, is that a good thing? <laughs> like, <laughs> like What's the reward, right? Like they're in a really, really bad position.
2: Certainly moving goalpost for this uh, Brooklyn Nets team throughout the season, given where they started and where they're at right now on the outside, looking in uh, to the playoffs. You you wrote a story though. I wanted to touch on before we let you go here, Mark. Mark Spears, NBA senior writer for ESPN and Anscape. Uh, on Amari Bailey, an elite class of twenty two two 2022 guard, talking about handling his social media fame, his relationship with LeBron, and how his single mother influenced his game. So I wanted to give you a chance to tell us a little bit more about what we should be expecting from Mari Bailey
0: yes yeah, uh, the, the hoop summit is um, is tonight and I'm uh, forcing perhaps because of all the new, uh, opening day baseball games it's not gonna be on live um, but the hoop summit it, it pits the top uh, ten high school basketball players against the top international teams. so Mari Bailey is from famous Sierra Canyon um, ranked the number two guard in the country. And so you're, you're playing for seeing senior, senior Canyon, you're ranked high. It's, it's been well documented that his, his mother dated Drake, um, which and no judgment there. I mean, it's, you know, but, uh, she also he also strongly credits his mother for, um, you know, being an amazing influence on, uh, him, uh, and, and raising him by himself He has a half a million followers. He's going to UCLA. He has an NIL big enough that he bought his mom a Porsche. Like, a lot going on. But the one thing that's really, really interesting about this kid, as well as them being a great basketball player, is like he he feels like he has to convince or or try to get people to know him as him, despite the, the somewhat circus around him. And so, like, after Hoop Summit practice the other day, he went and shook everybody's hand in the media. And I said, why would you do that? He goes, I just want them to meet me face-to-face. I want them to meet me. And I was like, wow, this kid's, like, 17. That's, like, a heavy thing to do as a 17-year-old. And then he also mentioned, which I think is quite interesting in the story, is that even with all the pressure that he's facing, Ronnie James is he felt as more pressure on him than any high school basketball player in the country and, and kind of delved into that and how he's learned a lot about how brawny deals with me.
1: You can check out well, that a lot story of
0: depth in this high school basketball story. <laughs>
1: well, you can check out that story. Uh, plenty more on it an, an awesome story on Anscape.com, where of course you will find Mark J Spears. Also, you will find him right here at ESPN NBA senior writer for ESPN as well. Mark, thanks so much for joining us.
0: And thank y'all very much for having me.
1: Coming up next, can Brian Flores' NFL lawsuit prove a fake interview process? We'll dig into that. This is ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin.
3: ESPN Radio.
1: Tiger Woods is through 16 today. He is at two over par for the day. He is sitting at One over overall, tied at 20th right now on the leaderboard. So, Tiger... Uh, certainly started out the day very slow the conditions at a, at Augusta are rough uh, they the wind has really picked up a lot today the greens are very very soft uh, they were drenched overnight it is very muggy reportedly in Augusta as well right now so a lot of golfers struggling Tiger has had some of his struggles today but Courtney's still very squarely in the mix in terms of the top 50 who would make the cut here uh, after the second day we We will keep you updated on all things tiger woods but right now let's turn our attention to brian flores because courtney brian flores amended his complaint in his lawsuit against various teams in the nfl and against the nfl and notably two more plaintiffs joined brian flores with his amended complaint represented by the same lawyers as brian flores is steve wilkes As a longtime coach, he was the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals for the 2018 season before he was fired and replaced by Cliff Kingsbury. Wilkes alleges in the complaint uh, that he was treated as a bridge coach, that he didn't get enough opportunity to succeed. Roy Horton, another longtime coach, also joined the lawsuit. He alleged that he was part of a sham interview process when he interviewed for the Tennessee Titans head coaching job back in 2016. Horton says in the lawsuit that the Titans only conducted the interview with him to fulfill the Rooney rule requirement. The job was given to Mike Malarkey. The complaint cited comments that Malarkey made about the interview process on a podcast back in 2020 where basically he says that he already had the job. So interesting to me here, Courtney, is that more people are joining. So that certainly strengthens Brian Flores' position. Now, it's a class action lawsuit. Nobody actually has to join right now for that to be effective. And it is still going to be questionable whether, if it was to go forward in the courts, whether the class would even be certified. And I know you and I have had these conversations before about the difficulties there with certifying the class. But obviously, it, it looks like it bolsters the position of Brian Flores that, hey, there's other people in the NFL who have had these similar experiences to what Flores is alleging
2: yeah and this is something that's now gaining traction like it's it's a lawsuit that's gaining legs, so to speak and I think giving this legitimacy and not that anybody had questioned Brian Flores's claims and he went on multiple uh outlets at the beginning of February with his lawyers with him present to talk about. The racism which he's alleging happens in hiring practices and his situation where he was interviewing for the New York Giants head coaching vacancy this offseason and that he didn't feel like it was a fair process that they had already decided they were going to hire Brian Dable based on conversations that he had with Bill Belichick, but not just limited to that. And now, as this thing is continuing to grow in size, and the NFL is shooting down all of the allegations that are being levied against the league, and these specific clubs are doing the same thing, where do we go from here? Because what happened when Ray Horton, the former Tennessee Titans, uh, you know, assistant coach, he had interviewed in 2016 for the head coach opening, he claimed that it was a sham interview. Because he finds out from Mike Malarkey, who was the head coach of the Tennessee Titans in 2016, that Malarkey was hired before the Tennessee Titans had fulfilled any of their Rooney requirements for this head coach opening. And we find that out via this podcast, which was called the Steelers Realm Podcast. It was like, you know, a fan podcast. Not a lot of people knew about it, but... The reason this is relevant is because ESPN became aware of the interview as part of the reporting into the issues that were raised within this lawsuit. Mike Malarkey didn't say much, but in an email he said, quote, I believe you have the truth and what you need. Prefer not to comment any further. So it feels like Mike Malarkey in the midst of this is the smoking gun, because when we look at this lawsuit, it's okay. What's next? What can you actually prove happened? What's the proof that you have that there are these sham hiring processes and that racism is you know, rooted within these hiring processes in the NFL? Well, if this ends up being true, then that is what you need to see more of happen for these lawsuits to be actualized and legitimized when we want to see actual change happen.
1: Now there's going to be a lot of hurdles here that I've discussed before, and the initial hurdle is going to be that the NFL is going to try to get this kicked out to arbitration because that's typically where these things live under the CBA. And you've seen it with the Colin Kaepernick's lawsuit, and you've seen it—you're seeing it right now with John Gruden's lawsuit against the NFL. That that's kind of always step one, and typically the NFL is very successful in that, right? And so they're going to try to do that as well. So Flores and his camp are going to have to try to combat that to try to keep it in the courts if it. Goes goes to arbitration. It doesn't mean that it goes away. It just means that none of us are ever going to frankly hear about it and there will probably be some sort of closed settlement like what happened with Colin Kaepernick. Uh, the other hurdle is going to be that this is still a class action lawsuit and, and so it's going to come down to if you can certify the class in that. It is interesting though the expansion of this lawsuit and Flores also expanded this lawsuit not just in terms of the plaintiffs but also in terms of even Flores's claims where now he added the Texans saying that the Texans essentially uh, as a retaliation to him filing this stopped considering him for a head coaching position uh, and instead hired Levy Smith. Then it goes on to say, it, this portion of it, Courtney, is is a little murky because then it goes on to say, well, Levy Smith deserves the job, but kind of Brian Flores deserved it more is kind of what it was So like I don't don't know uh, how all of that's going to play out but basically he's expanding the lawsuits he's putting more claims in here and also he's showing violations of law with this amended complaint where he's actually citing to federal and state civil and human rights statutes because he's trying to say that these sham interviews are illegal because there's going to be a question for even that Courtney that if you can say well there's sham interviews because of the Rooney rule in the NFL but you have to show that there's some illegality to it with state or federal law not just that it's you know unseemly or not just that there's some sort of violation of an NFL rule when frankly these teams I think would probably argue this is just me putting on my lawyer hat that hey we're complying with NFL Mm -hmm. rules and so if there's some sort of violation here of law it would be on the NFL for having these rules in the first place not on us kind of thing there's going to be arguments like that made on all sides of these sides of these lawsuits but it'll be really interesting to see as this moves forward progresses because these things are very very long the way of course these things work in civil court for us to get anywhere but what's interesting now is that we are seeing more claims and that we are seeing more people come forward and and who are willing so far to put their names next to Brian Flores in going after the NFL and certain teams around the NFL for uh, these practices. Coming up next Anthony Davis will not be a member of the Los Angeles Lakers next season. Are you willing to put some respect on it? That's next This is ESPN Radio.
3: ESPN Radio. As of right now, I feel like I am going to play. It's been said for years that Tiger doesn't move the needle; he is the needle. Now everything is focused on how do I get myself into a position where I'm on that back nine on Sunday with a chance.
1: This is ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We are on the Tiger Watch at Augusta. Everyone is on the Tiger Watch at the Masters. He is through 17. He is... Two up on par today, Courtney. He is uh, one over in terms of through uh, two rounds, where he, of course, is now coming down the stretch here of his second round. He will make the cut, it appears. He is tied at 19th on that leaderboard. So, overall, a successful couple rounds here for Tiger, because what could you ask for other than making the cut, right, at this point? And then you go into championship mode after that.
2: Yeah, he said he wanted to put himself in position to be on the back nine Sunday. The first way you put yourself in position – is by making the cut. And since he's squarely in the mix for that, I think that we can look at the ebbs and flows of his first two rounds. And especially today, there's been more downs than ups for Tiger Woods, the amount of times he bogeyed on the front nine, uh, five times. And so, I mean, he's had, you know, a rough go here on day two of the Masters. And I think that's exactly what we would expect, given he had to walk, he's walked every single round here. He's not using a golf cart because he didn't appeal for one because of his leg and you know subsequent back surgeries. He's doing this, you know, his way. And that's gonna lead to some ups and downs in his first competitive play, his first major tournament in more than a year. So I look at this and I'm like, okay, this is this is good news. Like if we're projecting this out to what does Tiger Woods look like on Sunday? I think you're in a good spot because he's he's one over right now. He's, you know, like five shots out of the lead, and that's a good spot to be in. That's a comfortable spot to be in if you're looking at how the rest of the leaderboard stacks up, just knowing the expectations on Tiger Woods to actually contend on Sunday.
1: Most golfers have been struggling today because of the conditions out there at Augusta. Scotty Scheffler has not been struggling um, in terms of golf period because he is the world number one. He has been crushing it lately, and he is crushing this Masters as well so far. Uh, today, he's, he's three under. He's six under overall through 14 holes today. But now it is time to respect it or check it. For that, there's my music. For that... We bring in our producer Shannon Patton. What's up, Shannon?
3: I'm gonna have to have a talk with uh, Javante after the show. I gave him the heads up. I was like, "When Amber says respect it or check it, you drop the pop smoke, you drop the music." And Javante was a little slow. I, I, it's a work in progress. How's that? So,
1: he, you know what, Javante? It's okay. You were right there. Ugh. You were right there. I threw him off yeah. with all the tiger setup before we got to this. Well, here we Thank go. You.
3: Respect <laughs> it or check it. I'll give you a hot take. You got to tell me if you're willing to put some respect. On said hot take, or if you're willing to check it, easy enough, okay? Got it. All right, it. cool. All right, uh, Courtney, we'll start with you. Seen as though you guys were just talking about Tiger Woods, let's look past this Masters. Yep. So, Tiger Woods will win another major. Courtney, are you willing to respect it or check it?
2: Oh, absolutely, I'll respect it. I don't think he'll win the Masters this year. I really don't. And I know that that kind of just goes against goes against what I just said, that he's five shots out of the lead, he's in good position. I think he's still recovering physically from what happened fourteen months ago, but beyond that it's the back that we need to be most concerned about and I just wonder how that's going to play out four days in, assuming he gets to Sunday. but I think with time with rehab with with more work he's forty six years old that's still really young for a golfer. I know that everybody's been chalking up to be some dinosaur out there that you know he's in a different part of his career, and blah blah, blah. like go ahead, we can read through all of like you know, the old tropes that you're throwing out there, he can still win another major into his 50s. So, yeah, I'm putting some respect on that
1: golf is quickly becoming one of my favorite sports as I age. I guess this is what
2: happens when you
1: age. Where you're all, You also all, live
2: in Florida, Amber, so well, like that's why well, it's your favorite Well, that's sport. true. It's a
1: year-round sport down here. But no, I'm talking about watching it because it's funny when we talk about all these other sports. I mean, 46 is ancient in all these other... I mean, nobody's even playing. Unless you're Tom Brady, right? Nobody's mm-hmm. even playing these other sports. I mean, you know, 30s darn near ancient in a lot of sports. Golf, you're right. Mid-40s? I mean, he is young. He's got a long career, apparently, ahead of him. If you would ask Asked me two weeks ago, I would have said no chance Tiger Woods ever wins another major because I didn't think he was playing golf competitively like this ever again. But now that I've witnessed this, I don't think he's winning the Masters. I'm not saying it's coming yet. I'm not even saying it's coming soon. But if we're taking his lifetime, I'm not betting against Tiger. He'll do it.
3: All right, let's move on to the NBA. Amber, this one is for you. Anthony Davis will not be a member of the Los Angeles Lakers next season. Are you going to respect it or are you going to check it?
1: I am respecting this. This is the only thing, this only real bargaining power that the Lakers have if trading away AD. They've got to improve. This is their way to improve. I am definitely respecting this one.
2: I mean, he better not be part of the Lakers next year. Like, we've seen this play out the first three seasons there. And, yes, he did win a championship. It was in a bubble. You're going to get people putting an asterisk next to that. Uh, going forward a whole lot more than they did before. Now that we've seen what this Lakers team actually is when the circumstances are different, it's time to move on. It's time to see what they can get in return for Anthony Davis, and it will be a haul, as we expect, because at his best at 29 years old, he's one of the best two-way players in the NBA, and I think that there still is the belief he can get there, but the Lakers have already dealt with the injuries. They need a fresh start anyways, and we're expecting big changes to this front office potentially. So there should be big changes with Anthony Davis
1: too. Put some respect on it.
3: All right, we're playing respect it'll check it here on ESPN radio with Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin. All right. Oh look
1: at that reset, you Shannon. Like Penn. that,
3: right, Amber. All right, Amber, here we go. Stefan Diggs got the bag early this week from the Buffalo Bills. So Amber, the Bills are the team that beat in the AFC. You gonna put some respect on it or you gonna check it?
1: In the AFC East? Or does the AFC, A-F-C. Uh, All right, fine. I will respect this. I actually will go with this. I still think that they're the best team in that conference. If I have to choose one in a really, really stacked conference, I am scared to call anybody the best team in that conference. But if I am going to call somebody the best team, I'll go with the Bills. I think they should have won the conference last season and they got even better this off season.
2: I'm gonna check it. I think that the Kansas City Chiefs are still the best team in the AFC. Without Tyreek Hill. So, um, I'm I look, they have Patrick Mahomes, and I'm taking Patrick Mahomes over Josh Allen 10 out of 10 times. I will continue to do that no matter who he is surrounded by. I think that the Bills invested a lot on offense right now. $100 million locked up in Josh Josh Allen, $70 million guaranteed. In Stephon Diggs, what, what's going to happen when you need to pay for your defense? So, I'll – I'll check that and I'm going to say that the Kansas City Chiefs are actually the best
3: team. You in have the one agency. more, Shannon? We got one more going back to the association. Courtney, I'll start with you here. Joel Embiid will win the NBA MVP. You respect it or are you going to check it?
2: I respect it. I mean, like he deserves it, right? And he's probably going to win the scoring title now that LeBron's not playing the rest of the year, so the numbers will reflect it. The pay, the play will reflect it. Now, will Giannis Antetokounmpo come close to it? No, but what about what does Devin Booker have to say about that? Do we just forget that he exists because the Phoenix Suns locked up the number one seed already? So, no. I think that Joel Embiid will win it. Should he win it outright? I think that Devin Booker would have some questions about that.
1: Uh, No, he will not. I'm going to check this. I do think Joel Embiid is about to win that scoring title. Uh, That's remarkable in and of itself, considering the position he plays. But in terms of the MVP, that is going to be Jokic. He's the only player in NBA history to average at least 27 points, 13 boards, and 7 assists. Everybody else who's done it is in the hall, and they were also all multi-MVPs. Jokic is even better than he was last season when he was the reigning MVP. I think it's going to be his award, unfortunately, for Embiid, who has yet to win one and as remarkable of a season as Embiid has had. Jokic is just that phenomenal. Coming up next, the Brooklyn Nets season will be considered a success if we update our poll results. That's next. This is ESPN Radio.
3: ESPN Radio.
1: We've been talking a lot about the Brooklyn Nets today, Courtney. Uh, They are going to be in a play-in position in these NBA uh, postseason here, where they're either going to find themselves, it looks like, probably in that seventh spot or in that eighth spot. They control their own destiny. They just have to win the next couple of game, games down the stretch. But nobody cares whether they end up seventh or eighth and who they end if They end up in home court with a play. Like, all we care about is how successful the Nets end up being in the postseason. We have been asking you on ESPN Radio's Twitter account, Basketball is on the mind for this edition of the Weekend Preview poll. The Brooklyn Nets season will be considered a success if, and right now, the winner in the clubhouse is if they win a championship. At almost 45% of the votes, reach the NBA Finals is coming in second at 31.5% of the votes and just make it to an Eastern Conference Finals is rounding out the voting here at 24% of the votes. Weekend preview is brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico today and see all the ways that you could save. So are you surprised here that most people, according to our polling, think that it's championship or bust in terms of the Nets, and I'm not talking about an Eastern Conference championship?
2: No, I think that that's I think that's fair, given the expectations, and we've, we've talked about this throughout the show, that – this team was constructed to win a championship. And the fact that they're not even into the playoffs yet is not a good look for them. I still think because of the circumstances this year, I'm not willing to give them a pass or lessen the burden of expectation here. But I will say, I think that getting to the Eastern conference finals, that for me, if they do, if they get fall short of that, then it's a failure of a season. But I'm trying to be realistic here and realizing James Harden didn't want to be there. And he just quit on them midway through the season. Kyrie Irving, Could have been prevented had he taken initiative to go get the vaccine earlier. He could have played the entire season. Well, that's on him. Kevin Durant can't prevent injuries. So I think that this is Eastern Conference Finals – that's the ceiling I give this team and if they can get there I'll say it's a successful season. I
1: mean we saw KD almost do it last year if his size if his shoe size had been a little bit smaller. So I do think this year with the expectations coming into this season even with him just alongside Kyrie even absent James Harden I still think the expectation is to get past the Eastern Conference finals. You can't just get to the Eastern Conference finals and lose there like you have to get past the Eastern Conference finals. If the result is the same and you lose to the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. I frankly don't think it's a successful season, even if there's been some adversity this season. There's always adversity in any NBA season for any NBA team. I also wonder if the narrative changes if they don't match up with the Bucks, like the defending champs, if they go seven with them and toe to toe, maybe then it'll lessen the blow a little bit for Nets fans, but I don't think so.
3: ESPN radio
1: ESPN radio is presented by progressive insurance bundle and protect today under one roof. Learn more at progressive.com or 1-800 progressive Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin. We have had an action packed show today and lots of help with it. Shout out to all of our guests. Kevin Seifert, ESPN's NFL writer, he joined us earlier in the show. He's got a really interesting article where he breaks down Brian Flores' amended lawsuit against several of the NFL teams that now includes additional plaintiffs uh, in addition to, of course, the suit against the NFL. So you can check that out on the dot .com. Nick Fridell also joined us, ESPN's NBA reporter. Lots of Nets talk today as we head into the postseason. Frankly I don't think that's stopping anytime soon Courtney. Mark Schlebaugh, ESPN's senior writer joined us as well. Field Yates, he talked NFL draft with us without talking about any quarterbacks. It was a remarkable feat. Of course he is the co-host of the first draft podcast and Mark J. Spears joined us as well. NBA senior writer for ESPN and for and scape. It is time now after all of that to go three and out.
0: Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... Three and Out.
1: So Tiger is through 17, Courtney. He is two over right now on the day, sitting at one over uh, overall. 19th, tied for 19th on this leaderboard. It was a rough start to the day for Tiger. Uh, It's been a better finish, so to speak, but a rough day for a lot of golfers out there at Augusta. He's going to make the cut. Is that enough? Is it enough for Tiger? Like, are you satisfied with Tiger just being out there, being competitive and making the cut at this point, if it doesn't go anywhere else good from here?
2: Yes, because of what it took for him to get back here. And we're not looking past the leg injury whatsoever. That was very serious, nearly lost his right leg last year because of the car accident. But I was worried that before that, when it was the Genesis tournament last February or late January 2021, when he's talking about the back surgery he had just had. And I thought at that point, his golf career is in jeopardy right now. And the fact that 14 months after all of this, he's still playing competitive golf. That's a a reason to celebrate in its own right. And even if he doesn't win the Masters this weekend, I don't think anybody had the expectation truly going into this weekend that he was going to. So I go ahead and say – He makes the cut. That's reason to celebrate enough.
1: So his first round, he just finished uh, all 18. uh, So it is official. His first round, he shot a 71. His second round today, he shot a 74. He finished the day at two over. He finished overall right now. He is standing at one over par. So Tiger Woods. It appears we'll be making the cut and moving on at Augusta. I I am one who entered into this week with Augusta thinking I'm just satisfied with Tiger Woods just being out there and Tiger Woods just – being able to walk the course, nevertheless actually play the course at any competitive level. I would have thought that I would have thought it was going to be a success had he even not made the cut, frankly, Courtney. And then I started watching Tiger play. And then I had the Tiger effect where I'm just used to Tiger's greatness and I crave Tiger's greatness like so many of us do. So once I saw him out there, even at the times where he was wearing his pain outwardly and it was so obvious that he's not quite like he used to be in terms of that car accident just 14 months ago, and how could you expect him to be? Even knowing all of that, I still found myself in a position where I'm really rooting for Tiger and I'm expecting greatness from Tiger. So I think Tiger is just always going to be maybe a victim of his own greatness and how special he is as a player where we're all applauding him for even getting out there. But once he's out there, the expectations raise because it's just where they're set when you're talking about Tiger Woods. Uh, Real quick, Courtney, by the way, yesterday my husband asked my three-year-old son if he wanted to go watch Tiger And my son turned to me and said, Mommy, we're going to go watch Daniel Tiger and got really excited. And if you don't know what Daniel Tiger is, it's a cartoon. And I will tell you, my son was so let down when he found (laughs) out that Tiger Woods was not Daniel Tiger. And so there is an entire generation of people out there who do not care about Tiger Woods, apparently. Uh, But we are not part of that generation. No, we are
2: are certainly not. I mean, it's going to be a fun Saturday and Sunday to see... What happens with Tiger Woods and how he's able to progress through this weekend, and how his body feels after tonight? I'm I'm waiting for that post game, post match interview uh, on SportsCenter Center to see. Okay, how does the back feel? How did he feel today versus yesterday?
1: explaining to my three-year-old that it was actually a guy named tiger who plays golf uh, was a very interesting conversation. All right, moving on a uh, John Morant. He is questionable for tomorrow's game against the Pelicans are the Grizzlies title contenders are sitting at second in the West.
2: No, I think they are. And I, they've been a great story this season. A lot of that centers around John Morant. So I understand that they're always in the same conversation around John Morant and you know, I think that they make this hard, They make themselves hard to ignore, not just because they're the two seed, but because of the body of work they've put together this year. They're in possession of the NBA's second-best records. They've outperformed all of our expectations. And they get the winner, and they're the two seed right now. They end up getting the winner of the other play-in game between Minnesota and uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. I think either one of those are a good draw for Memphis. They're balanced. They've got a good backcourt. And I think they can contend this year.
1: Uh, I do think that they are a great team who is regular season contenders. (laughs) But I just think that they're too young uh, and too maybe experience in the postseason for them to really make any sort of real title contention. I'm not saying they're not going to make noise in these playoffs. I just think it's a little too soon. I also just can't make, I don't know what to make about this whole, why they're so good without jaw out there. That whole thing is so odd, Courtney. And so yes, he's unavailable tomorrow, but I'm not sure frankly that it matters. It probably matters to Will Smith a whole lot that he's banned from the Academy Awards. The Academy Awards has announced that Will Smith will be banned from attending the awards for 10 10- Years Are you surprised by this decision, Courtney Cronin? No,
2: because they want us to keep talking about it. So they're going to keep making these dramatic decisions and claims about what happened uh, during the Oscars this year. So at this time next year, we're still talking about it. So, no, I'm not surprised at all. Um, I'm sure he'll have a nice Oscars watch party at his house when he wins another Oscar. I don't know if August Alsina will be there, or if Jada's going to be, you know, hand- handing out popcorn to everybody, too. But we'll see.
1: I don't know how much of a punishment, frankly, this is because I think he can still win Oscars. He can He just can't attend the award ceremony for the Oscars. And I feel like with the diminishment of award ceremonies generally over the last decade, I don't know if it matters that much, but we'll see. Uh, he said he's accepting their decision. Also, we're accepting Spain and Fitz. They're coming up next. This has been ESPN Radio.